Aloha. And welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from Hawaiian Sanctuary on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yes. Yes. I I am just super I am just super stoked and excited. I just uh noticed that today I was having a conversation with my mom and um she was talking about how exciting all of this um seemingly division and stuff like that that we perceive in the world like on the world stage like that is moving towards this great awakening, you know. Um, she sees it a different way for me than, than I do, but it's like the same kind of feeling. It's like, ah, yes, it's, a, it's this great awakening. And so this kind of stuff, it's not to try to like shut it out. And, you know, if you're not drawn to it, to any of it, then you're not drawn to any of it. And if you're drawn to exploring it, like what even seems to be going on in the world, just to be able to be there for it and be the space for it is what allows this awakening to unfold quicker because each one of us is having a subjective experience when it starts to get to that end timey stuff in our own perception that's our cue for awakening that's our cue it's like oh wake up hello you know uh, stop making these illusions true for you. Instead, take responsibility for the perception you're having and don't push anything away. See? So people, people think, cause the ego, you know, is chatter, chatter, chatter. Well, if, if, if I should just embrace my perception, then I should only perceive the things that like reflect good to me so I should only pursue these different things the thing is you're being drawn into your various experiences and none of it is by accident so when you feel a desire for something um, or you feel inspired towards something that's a cue for you that there's some teaching and learning to be done there and what's wonderful is wherever you find yourself it's like for the maximum teaching and learning all it takes is presence you know which might sound kind of simplistic to people but you go okay what do you mean by presence well basically if you're getting any kind of an upset feeling um even if it's just a little bit of irritation uh if it's a sense of something else outside of you is controlling you or, or any kind of feeling like that, that's what needs to be surrendered. Basically that feeling, it's like you surrender, almost surrender to it. Like just give it the space to be that feeling. And that's basically the healing that everything needs. That's all that everything needs. It's like you could say um, that's serving your purpose in the world. And that's all it is, see? All the other stuff that you have perceptions of, that's meant for distraction. It's not meant to be distracting you. Like you don't have to worry about how you're going to, let's say, perform your duties as a husband, a parent, a, a, a worker, a, you know, a son, a daughter, anything like that. You don't have to be worried about any of those kinds of things. 
all all that's there all that's there that's asked of you is to be present with whatever it is that's coming up for you so that it could be taken off of you so you could be healed and and basically you know when i say that it's basically this the thought of separation in you that gets healed like you have never been unhealed really it's just believing in this unhealed version of yourself over and over and over again makes it keep on projecting so there's no justification for an upset feeling one one example is my mom was telling me today that her husband seems to get really caught up in the world like he'll get into all the news and all the drama and she's worried about him or no her word was concerned about him because he, if he gets all cut up like that, then it takes him to a dark place. There's a darkness about it. There's a darkness about him. So she gets concerned about that. The thing is, anyone that you've perceived, anyone that shows up in your perception, however they show up, since that's coming from you, it's for you. So it's not to, there's nothing there to justify any kind of concern for that person you know whatever they're going through is exactly what they need you know there's this sense of my my mom said i know that's what contributes to alzheimer's and you know i said well none of that stuff is even true either when you're not holding on to that kind of stuff then you can just be be compassionate with even that thought that the person is basically driving themselves insane is basically uh, the, the feeling that comes up that this person is driving self, themselves insane. And, you know, that's not how a person is driven insane through action, through that. It's like if, if the love isn't there, if there isn't the love there, that's what drives a person insane. So it's just like being really compassionate with that. You know, the person will come up and tell you, uh, you know what's going on, this and this and this and this, and you should be really concerned about it. And, and you know, I'll just be like, aw, thank you for letting me know. You know, and from my, from my perspective, thank you for letting me know means thank you for showing me. It's like every, every teaching, you could say it is teaching and learning interaction. Every teaching and learning interaction is maximal for both parties involved. That means we're both teaching and learning as much as we can in any given moment. Uh, even a person in a teaching kind of position, you know, in a teaching posture, you can say, is no more teaching than anyone else. And there's no way anyone can teach unless they're willing to learn. Because we're only teaching our own mind. You don't, we, don't, we don't teach another person. It's not like a person-to-person teaching. There's one teacher that we all have. We all share the same teacher. And that teacher is what teaches all of us because there's one mind. Let's say that teacher teaches through each of us because there's one mind. And each one teaches the other 
in a way that it's from the inner teacher. So it's like we get a reflection and our inner teacher speaks to us. But it's not like anyone has anything to give us. And the other thing is you can't share what you don't allow for yourself because you're only sharing with yourself. See? So the people in your perception, the people that show up in your perception are always teaching you what you already learned. See? And your inner guide tells you whether that teaching speaks to the truth or not. And that's where your teaching comes from. So whatever a person says and whatever a person does might not resonate with you as a teaching, but your inner teacher uses that and that's your guide. So that's why I talk about these things on the surface that we get caught up in thinking about all the time so then we don't hear our inner guide. See? If we're thinking about how someone isn't doing something right the way we want to or they've harmed us or what if we get harmed or you know you're worried about a person or a situation or money or something like that you cannot get the teaching that you need from within I'm sure all of you have experienced you know when you're in yoga or when you're in meditation or something like that you're not really getting the teaching from that unless you're focused. If your minds run off in different things, you're not really getting the teaching from that. And so it has to keep on coming back around and around and again, and patterns are like that, see? And, and you know, just like little relational patterns, some of them come to mind. One of them is, uh, you know, say you're in business with a person, right? Uh, maybe they're your employee. Maybe they're like a prized employee in your business and then and then they start you know acting a certain way that you normally wouldn't tolerate in your business but you tolerate it because you're afraid of losing them see there's these little games that we play see that's just one of them you can transfer that over to relationships too there will be a fear of losing something so you know it's not about tolerating anyone's actions that's totally different from a full embrace of it when you're in a full embrace of it then it, you know the spirit is allowed to guide you as far as your inspiration as far as you know your boundaries are set by spirit when you allow the spirit you can't even argue with that they're just automatically set and what every and what everyone is doing is perfect it's like you know in, in a relationship, someone might be afraid to speak out that they don't like the other person bossing them around, for instance. Uh, um, one of the persons I was speaking with today was my, was my sister, and she was talking about she's finally not going to have to depend on a man for survival. And I said, well, you never had to before, um, but you just opened up to that. You were, you were allowing yourself to have that. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, wow. And I really felt this allowing in myself, like allowing her to have that too. You know, it's like you're just allowing that. So then the opportunities on the surface show up 
to serve you. I mean, the perception, it's always serving your mind. It's always, it, it's always showing you exactly what it is you are willing to learn. So it's showing you exactly what you need. So my whole life I get this perception of my sister and feeling like, wow, uh, you know, she's not as much of a person because she can't hold down a job. She's, uh, she, she just depends on guys to uh, get her through or whatever. And, uh, and notice that this, this sense of appreciation comes from my sister. It's like, wow, she's just not one of those people that is like meant to be working. She's more of an artistic kind of vibe or she like paints and takes care of house and stuff like that. And it's like immediately when I allow that appreciation for her, there's a great weight that comes off of myself. It's amazing. And then I see a transformation in her. And I've seen the same thing happen a lot of times. You know, for some relations it seems to take longer and some of them you're just like, oh, whoa. They just realize something, and you see your friends and your family just wake up to certain uh, different realities. Another thing that's really exciting is it's a quickening occurring. There's a quickening of awakening. It's almost like a, it's al it's almost like a clearer channel of transmission for everyone. It's like uh, it's like all of us. Um, somehow we've all been calling for this. We've all been calling for this opportunity. And with this kind of opportunity comes this great chaos. Right now it seems like it's a, it's a great chaos for a lot of people, a great confusion for a lot of people. Like what's going to happen? I just want to go back to normal and that kind of stuff. You know? Um, and, and, you know, what my mom was talking about is we're being... Uh, called right now to be available for people. We're being given special powers. And she and I are starting to see these special powers really being made manifest because we could see how people are able to just come to us. Somehow they just attract to us in a state of despair and then they're completely uplifted when they leave our presence. And that's the, that's the kind of thing, that's like a special power. You know, because people are like walking around all day and maybe they're having a grumpy face kind of time, right? And they're getting in these arguments everywhere they go and they're stressed and worried and stuff like that. And they could just be uplifted. So it's like really being called right now to stay in a state of grace, which, you know, that's always the case. It's like that's always what the spirit wants for you is to stay in a state of grace. And don't judge if you find yourself, when you find yourself out of a state of grace. Okay, if you're perceiving yourself in a body right now, like you're, like you're, you're making out an interpretation that this world, you can hear my voice, you're interpreting these sounds right now, you are going to fall out of grace. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? And you're also 100% guaranteed to be successful okay. in, your, in, your, in your ultimate goal, the interest that we all share. You're 100% guaranteed to be successful. There are going to there, there be instances of falling from grace. 
The reason you're propping up a body is so that you can heal through those instances. It's not really for anything else. Isn't that fun? So all of your endeavors can be playful. That's what that means. You know that, we, that sense we get like, like, oh, damn. Like, that is not justified. It's not like you're bad if you do that. It's fine. Like, you know, I might go home tonight and break a glass or something and go, oh, damn. You know, it's not like I'm bad for doing that, but it's just, it's in the awareness. It's in this noticing. Like, oh, shit, that's not true. Thank goodness. Because if the ah, damn is true, then I'm damned. I'm doomed. Thank goodness it's not true. Don't follow any thought that seeks to make you wrong. If it seems like another person is trying to make you out to be wrong, they aren't talking about you. They're talking about themselves. The only way you can be of any help to them is to find a sweet space for them in your heart. So if you find yourself being like, that's not about me, that's about you. Mm. Ugh, like that. That's not it. The first reaction might be a trigger. It doesn't feel nice. Maybe someone just said something really mean about you. You don't resonate with that thought. It doesn't feel nice. When you're asking for guidance in the moment, you're opening yourself up to see that they're just kidding. It's kind of like a joke. They don't realize it's a joke, but they think this thing about themselves and it gives them this feeling. So they're trying to protect the feeling and making it about you. That's all. That's why they're kidding. They're probably kidding themselves. They don't realize. Not very many people realize that when they're projecting, it's about them. It's about themselves. I mean, one thing is going to make it pretty hard to be projecting and believing the projection when you know that, when you're aware of that. And in the moment, it might not even occur to you. You might just believe this thing is true about a person. Basically, you're crucifying them in your mind. And, you know, you're not really capable of judging them. You're not really capable of judging anything. That's not any kind of power that you've been given. 
You can say when you're in your right mind, you're capable of, ju of judgment because it's aligned with God. But when you're perceiving in separation, when you're perceiving a body, just consider it like this. I'm not capable of judgment. It has to be God's judgment. It has to only be God's judgment. I'm not capable whether of judging whether whatever you did was helpful or, unhel or unhelpful. I'm not capable of judging whether what you did was hurtful. I'm not capable of that. I mean, even if you come around and you like slap me or something, I'm still not capable of judging that you did something hurtful to me. I'm still not capable of judging that. You know, with God's judgment, the whole illusion is invalid. It's just completely invalid. It's meaningless. So someone can't just come around slapping you without your having projected that. So when you're looking at it with God's judgment, it has to always be helpful. It can't be anything but helpful. It can't be, you know, a judgment from the ego would be that it's not, it wasn't helpful. And that's how we accumulate. You can say we accumulate thoughts. We accumulate this, uh, these patterns, these projected patterns, and don't even realize a lot of the times that we're playing them out. And they're uh, harmful, hurtful. One story I hear from some, some pe from people sometimes. Oh yeah, I was in relationship with a narcissist. And, and you know, I know there's all kinds of information about narcissists because I've seen it. Because my sister is really into it. Um, she's sure that there are narcissists because she works in a law firm where they do custody battles. So the, she says that she sees mothers who are just like using the court system to do this. And she's looking all these up all these traits for narcissism. And, you know, in sharing with her about this, it's like there's this delicateness, you know. Uh, like I'll just put something out there. I'll notice resistance. Uh, so I'll just kind of like back off, you know. There's no need to like pursue anything like that. It's kind of like it, it's kind of like a really loving little dance. Like nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong that someone's pursuing narcissism, um, and and through that you can see that oh, none of it really means anything. But actually, through that pursuit of it, you can see that no, none of it really means anything. The thing for us when we perceive narcissism in a person, we can allow that to be healed within us. We just don't have to recoil to it boundaries they're they're expressed through this automatically naturally they're expressed through this it's really an opening in the energy field for seeing okay i'm i don't care if 50 fucking people agree with you they're all going nope that person is definitely a narcissist i know it 
Jenny knows it. Billy knows it. Everyone knows it. So that's the verdict. Yeah, good job. You set up a bunch of witnesses to witness to your delusion. <laughs> yeah. So, so then you don't have to question it. You, you know, you've got all these witnesses to it. <laughs> it's still it's still not true. If you're uh, if you're perceiving a narcissist and you recognize that that's coming from you, it allows you to soften up and extend compassion in that situation. And what I've seen is people soften up. People just soften up. Cuz they need that dance. They always need that. Where it's like you're harming me. Your, your narcissism is harming me. Your narcissism that I made up about you is harming me. How's that going to happen? Someone told me they were sorry for saying something uh, about me. And I said, I, I said, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. That's awesome. I really appreciate the apology, where it's coming from, everything like that. But I'm not the one that that judgment hurts. It's not me. You can't hurt another person with your judgment. You can project judgment and they could, and they could pick up on it and use it to trigger their own judgment. But you can't make another person, you can't hurt another person. You cannot cause harm to another person. We each act on each other's energies. There's just an energy play. The body itself isn't even a reality. It's just an energy play for awakening the mind from this sense of separation where there's this birth to death kind of journey. Birth, death, birth, death, aging, all that other stuff in between. That's not natural. That's not natural for us. We made that up as a substitution for what we thought we deserved. We thought we deserved something terrible for having separated ourselves. So this is like a substitution. It's a little life. It's a little scary life. <laughs> which, which, you know, it's... It's funny. It's like it's either it's it's either you know you take it as it's real and you suffer over it, or you see that this life it's given you for a purpose. So it's funny. All of its little attempts, or you could say the ego's attempts to hook you in, like, oh yeah, that deserves my concern. You know, by just being joyful and playful and happy all the time, you're doing it. You've got it. You've got it. You know, people uh, are afraid of that because thinking that, oh, we need all these obligations and we need to have these concerns or else nothing will get done. We've taught ourselves that. We're actually entirely worthy of just playing all day. We're naturally inspired and drawn toward different activities, um, 
movement is just natural. So it's like asking us to just relax. Like this new energy that's coming in right now is just asking us to relax and kind of like show people that that's how it can be done. We don't have to push ourselves. We don't have to be obligated. We don't have to... Um, Uh, We don't have to get into situations that aren't comfortable. No, thank you. That's not for me. How can that even be expressed, though, if you don't feel worthy? That's the whole thing. So it comes down to in the moment-to-moment, thought-by-thought, these thoughts that are trying to make you feel unworthy, and that includes any thought that anyone else is unworthy or not enough. And it's like... These are being brought to the surface right now and so many opportunities and things that, you know, you might not see for years and years and then just pop up and go, oh, and you can just release that. A great weight comes off. Mm-hmm. Each one of these is kind of like a, is kind of like a weight on your aura or a weight on your energy field, making you feel heavy. And every time it's like, ah, oh, I don't need that anymore. They can just be free. Oh, I appreciate them as they are. One thing that's really helpful is just gratitude. You know, I've heard that for such a long time. And it's always so powerful and effective and we get better at it. It's kind of like a muscle that we're not taught to train. A muscle of gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're just naturally giving thanks. Like just in our mind, like whenever we're walking out the door or... You know, going to the bathroom or taking a shower, just naturally giving thanks. It just raises your energy vibration and it allows you to see different opportunities that align with that. So it's so powerful and it, you know, the ego loves to underestimate this kind of stuff. Because, you know, you know, the first voice and the loudest voice is the ego about what's wrong with the situation. And that's fine. All the, the solutions for that kind of stuff, they just take care of themselves. So like that first can pass and then you can have the appreciation for the different things that are being perceived that seem to be like maybe, you know, not good enough. Maybe you might even just appreciate that, that, that you got the perception of not good enough. Oh, thank you. I needed to have that perception of not good enough. Oh, thank you. I need to have the uh, guilty feeling, um, uh, you know, brought up. My son will sometimes go, sorry, mom, I know I can be a serious dick. You know, he'll just come up and he'll just start saying these th- these things, like trying to like dig, 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 and then and then I'll be like, oh, okay, okay. They're like, sorry, mom, I could be a serious dick, and I said, no, as long as you want to do that, you just do that stuff. I like it. I think it's really good for me. <laughs> I do. I mean, he's like, someone has to give you shit, mom. You go around. And People are always like 
in your cults and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we love this cult. We love it's the cult I've ever been in. <laughs> ten, in ten, ten in ten. It's not the first. How many cults have you been in? <laughs> You're giving this cult a good score. Yep. Rate your cult. One of my friends comment on my YouTube video that she's going to drink my Kool-Aid. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, you know, if you need to share something with me, just like my friend who was um, saying, yeah, um, how would you like me to be in a conversation with you? Because I shared with her, wow, the perception I was getting was like I was this and that and this and that. And good thing it's not about you and thank you. And she goes, well, how would you like me to be? No, I like that way. Just keep being the way you are, the way you naturally are. And let's just keep on having communications <laughs> as much as we're drawn to as much as we're drawn to one another. Just like allowing people to be exactly as they are. No, you don't have to talk to me a certain way. You don't have to show me a certain kind of respect. Just like be like exactly how you are. And let's just, let's just do it like that. And you know, I started doing that with my husband. The first, the first probably like 10 or 15 years, I would be like, uh, I don't like that way about you. And then he changed that thing. And I'd be like something else. I don't like this way about you. Let me change that thing. It's something else. And, and then after a while, I go, shit, it doesn't really matter how many times I tell him that I don't like this certain way about him, and then he changes it, and then I don't like him again, and then I don't like him again, and I don't like him again, and I change it. Okay, I'm just going to sit with that feeling of not liking the way he is. I'm just going to sit with that. I'm not going to ask him to be different. I'm going to let him be just like he is. And, you know... That's where the whole thing was able to go deeper because then I'm able to like feel the all, all the sensations of like, oh, I don't like the way that is. I want him to change. Like, no, I start wanting him to be exactly as he is because I know I don't have a choice whether I be with him. And the only reason we would want someone to be a certain way is because we think we know which way they should be. Um, and if you're talking about a partner, because we think we are, we need to try to keep them. We don't. We're only going to be together for as long as our learning and teaching is maximal together. That's as long as we're going to be together. We don't have to work on a relationship. <laughs> Each one work on their relationship, uh, their inner relationship. And, and, and one relationship as one, all relationship that's perceived as one relationship, which it really is. It's really one relationship. So we get caught up in, in trying to keep one per particular person and go, okay, this is my person. I'm going to keep them, you know. And that doesn't mean you might not find yourself hanging out with a person for a heck of a long time like I am. <laughs> Like, we just keep on going, oh, you're still here. Oh, we're still doing it. Oh, okay, we're still doing this. Dang, it seems like it's been like, oh, now we're getting like, we're rounding now. We're getting close to 30 years. <laughs> They're rounding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you just keep on going. And, and, you know, this isn't necessary. 
This is actually, uh, you know, not something that's that common. It's not really necessary. It's not necessary for awakening. It's not a sign that you're closer. All the meetings that you have are perfect for awakening the mind. The teaching and learning that needs to be done. And you're going to get all that you need to get out of it. So when you're awake to that, when you're aware of that, you're not in concern about how things are going. Are you going to get what you need to get out of it? That kind of stuff. You just kind of like relax and let things go and let things just, just roll on. All of your relationships, everything, you start to see that they just kind of like seamlessly come together exactly where they need to be right at the right time, right in the right place for that to occur, for that healing to occur. And the more you're available for that, the more you're making miracles. Remember, um, I gave Anne the sign too, to hang on her wall. I love this sign uh, I have in my, in my office. It's, uh, it's a definition of a miracle. A miracle is establishing in your mind that all of this content is not true. None of this, none of this is real. That's a miracle. So it's like in the moment when the ego is speaking and you know the ego is speaking because you have any little bit of an upset feeling. That's how you know. In that moment that the ego is speaking, that's where it's an opportunity for miracles. I mean, you could say it's an opportunity in every single moment. You're looking deeply and you're establishing that this world isn't real in your mind. Because whenever you're taking it as a reality, concern, worry, those are all effects of taking it as real. Conflict, that's an effect of taking it as real. So if you're willing to see through it, the miracle is given you and you get relief from that instantly. There's, there's so much goodness and so much love being offered to you all the time. It's coming from within. And that, you know, that's one thing I was able to tap into when I was super young. And, uh, and I felt like, first I felt like I needed a boyfriend. Like I'd see a commercial and I'd see people kissing on the commercial and I go, oh, I want that. Oh, that sounds so good. That feels so good just to think about it. And, you know, I did not have that. So I'd lay, I'd lay, lay down in my bed at night and I just like was kind of like between the states, you know, um, between the, the sleep and waking state. And I could feel this presence that was so good. It was, and I, what I noticed, it was so much better than that. What I thought I wanted on TV, on the TV. I just like felt that. And I was like, ah, and I realized, wow, I could just like have that every night before I go to sleep. And I was only like 20 years old or something. And every night before I go to sleep, I just like allow that. And I realized I didn't need anything. I didn't need anything. I could allow that anytime. Then all longing goes away. 
you know, I'll, I'll sense that, I'll sense that there's, um, something missing from your life because that's the completion. That's a, the completion right there. It shows you, um, right through the body sense that there's nothing here worth chasing so you can just have fun with it. So, you know, I was only 20 years old when I got that experience. So I ran around a little bit in the world um, on the surface trying to attain things. Forgot all about that. Me and my husband went that way together for a while. Seemed like we were going to separate. And then I started to wake up. And I started to go, what are we even doing? And I felt like I forgot something that I knew when I was younger, but somehow forgot. Like, what are we even doing here? All of a sudden, we're like in conflict with each other. And um, it seems like we... Uh, we we're stuck. It seems like we're stuck in some kind of rut. Sometimes kind of, we didn't even know what a pattern was or anything, but it seems like we're stuck in something. And man, I started to wake up. And the first thing when I started to wake up was like this question, are you willing to release him? And I was like, yes, first thing, definitely. I, I just knew like immediately that it's not hang, trying to hang on to a person that's going to get you anything that you want. The person's there, they're there. If they're not there, they're, they don't need to be there. If they are there, they're the best thing for you. So like if they are, if they are there, they're, get, they're, they're getting all of your presence and appreciation and you're listening for the lessons that are coming through them and appreciating them. Um, and then if they're not there, they don't need to be there. You know, there's these, uh, this feeling like, oh, they, they, they need to be, or I need to be with them or they'll, or you'll be asking yourself, should I stay with them or not? You don't know. You know, you can't, you, if you ask that to the ego and you list all the reasons and stuff like that and you look at it from the ego's perspective or what am I going to get or how can I, you know, one of my friends getting a calling to, to okay, that's the end of this relating in this way and, um, and not following that calling right away thinking that she's going to save something else by staying, you know. It's like we can think ourselves into these boxes because it's like, oh, if I, uh, I can deny, I can deny my calling if I want to get something in the world, you know, and that's making the world so important and it's just not, it's really not important. It's always showing you and it's always giving you opportunities to see how you hold yourself out as guilty and giving you an opportunity to undo that belief. And release yourself from uh, 
the binds. The binds that you put on yourself, the binds that you put on other people, obligation. That thing about holding people in integrity. Let people be how they are. See what happens. Watch the kind of transformation that goes on inside of you. You know, things could get messy, but who cares? The main thing is that you're, you're having this transformation, this healing in your mind, so you don't have to perceive in separation anymore. You know, some people go, how is my bathroom going to get clean then? I never feel like cleaning my bathroom. And, you know, I can tell you from experience, just watch. Okay, I don't have to clean the bathroom unless I'm inspired to clean the bathroom. Just watch. Eventually, the inspiration to clean the bathroom will come. It just does. It's just natural. Or someone else will come around and clean it. This whole thing they put on, they, they put on us, well, we, we, it's kind of like we hired them to put it on us. You know, it's kind of like, hey, condition us like this. Let us think about it this way so we can try to get out of it in this way. So the, the one about, you know, uh, how food has certain nutrition and all this different kind of stuff like that, that one, that makes people so afraid of just eating a simple thing, simple, you know. And that's just like, it's given you in the moment. <clears throat> there's food, maybe there's a choice between foods, you can sense, but what this programming is, is to go to something else, what I eat earlier, how much have I eaten today, maybe calories, maybe fat, maybe whether it's this or that, um, on this kind of scale, or I don't know, there's all these different, these all, there's all these different things, that's one of the major distractions for people, People have a lot of thoughts all day long about food. Whether it's obsessing over it or it's going, uh, this is good for me, this is bad for me, what have I eaten today, how many calories did I have, how much fat did I have, um, when's the last time I ate meat, I don't know. There's all these different thoughts about food. These are distracting people um, from the guidance. And, and that's the thing, the spirit is always speaking to us in a quieter voice than the ego. The ego is all about trying to get something to the world from the world. It's all this measuring and evaluating and that's what all this eating conditioning is. It's all like this measuring and evaluating. Um, today my mom mentioned, how can you eat so much to my sister? How can you eat so much and you don't get fat and look at me? I'm, I don't know, 250 pounds or whatever it is. And you eat so much and you, and you don't get fat. That saying right there is insane. We made that up. We made that stuff up. Like you can get fat or not get fat by eating. So we make this stuff up and we punish ourselves with it. How come I don't get to eat? And I said, I said Mom, every time you eat something, you put value on food putting a measurement or a value on it, 
some kind of guilty thing about it. There's not just like this, oh, what do I, what, what's calling? What am I feeling right now? It's like it, something, something sparks up. Maybe it's nothing, you know? They got this intermittent fasting going on right now. This is the fad now, <laughs> the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like some people just naturally intermittently fast. I know I find myself like that anyways. Um, and then it's not the same for everyone. It's not like, hey, this works for me. Why don't you do the same thing that works for me? Because it's perception. And each one is unique. So we find ourselves trying to fit into these different boxes. Like, oh, let me find out. And you know what? The thing is, what works for you today might not work for you tomorrow. It's a lesson to stay open to your guidance all the time. If you find yourself feeling sick after you ate something, it's not the thing that you ate that got you sick. It's refusing to follow your guidance that brought about that effect. There's no way the food can actually bring about that effect, but your refusing to follow your guidance will bring about those kinds of effects. Actually, hearing and listening and following your guidance is the ultimate protection from all worldly effects. Yes. Um. The question comes up for me when you talk about guidance is the difference between guidance, as you put it, from spirit mm-hmm. and from ego. Mm-hmm. So if nothing is real, why would we even need any guidance, even from spirit? It doesn't apply to our situation. <clears throat> well, you're looking at it in terms of a choice between two things. And I, and I could see why that would be like between two things in the world. And I could see why that would be, you know, how it would be taken because it looks like that from, you know, a certain perspective, but there isn't a choice between these different things in the world that you're asking for guidance on, right? It's not really like that. Whenever you're asking for guidance, you're asking for that, um, openness to receive or you're asking for that healing in the moment because it's always right now in the moment whatever you seem to do that's automatically done through you so you're asking for guidance in your mind all the time whether it's coming from ego or whether it's coming from spirit you're always asking for it okay so when it comes to the things that you seem to do those just naturally unfold they just naturally unfold when it comes to, let's say, you have a decision between two things. Um, for me, when I, ha- when I have a decision or seem to have a decision, I know I don't have a decision. So I don't ask for any guidance on making that decision. I just like look at the decision and check what is the, it's like a hit. It's almost like a hit. It's like, that's the one. Like, will you do this? Yes or no? Yes, no, it's just like a hit right there. And then openness for that to always change too. So that's the decision that you're making is the choice between love and fear, right? So it's the openness for for your guidance to change all the time. The things that you're drawn to has to do with what you're willing to. Okay, so what you're willing to, are you open to uh, more loving thoughts of your innocence or are you accepting fearful thoughts? So if you're accepting fearful, fearful thoughts, 
your choices on the surface are going to be made so that they can reflect fearful thoughts in a way that's meaningful to you because it looks like uh, it looks like something happened based on a cause like you made a choice and then this like you made a choice in the world and then this but really you made a choice in your mind to box yourself in so when you have a choice between two things and you're saying if I do this this person might be angry with me that's one of those kinds of things and you're like accepting, okay, if I do this, or this is the right thing to do, or anything like that. you got to let it just be felt. And then the spirit just moves through you and does whatever it is that needs to be done. You can trust that whatever it is that was done fr- through you was perfect. That's the main thing. You know, whatever it is that was done through you was perfect. Because you're perceiving in separation anyways. You know, you're perceiving things in separation. So there seems to be choices to be made on the surface. So sure, you can ask, Spirit, help me make the right choice, but there is no right choice. So that's kind of like the wrong question, right, in the first place. Still, the Spirit takes whatever it is that's in your heart and interprets that and gives you exactly what you need to get to that place. It just might take longer because you're not open for the right answer. When you're asking for the spirit to say, should I go here or should I go here? You know, uh, it's like, I'm not doing that. But when you're asking in that way, like, show me where the greatest learning is, then you're automatically going to be drawn to that and know that it was that. That's the other part of it. When you don't know that it was the spirit's guidance that guided you when you don't know that in that very moment you're being guided by ego in that very moment you can drop that that thought that you weren't guided in that very moment because there wasn't a past there's not a past so in that very moment where it says you were guided by ego to do that action you can let that thought be disregarded because none of that happened it didn't happen it was just a teaching learning experience okay so in the mind as you're being guided by spirit it's all about releasing guilty thoughts you'll know if it's the ego's voice if it's adding on guilty thoughts like you have any kind of responsibility or if you don't do it this way this bad thing could happen and putting an obligation on yourself anything like that um once you're through that with that obligation stuff all of your stuff all of your movement you can feel that it comes from inspiration and you know that it's perfect you know even if someone goes that sucked that was terrible um and you and and you know you're relating with them and you're like oh i hear you yeah okay thank you for letting me know you know it was perfect and that's the benefit of nothing happening nothing is happening when you're asking for guidance what you're asking for is how to see and that's always how the spirit is taking it anyways It's just that when you're asking for guidance on something else, like what choice to make in the world or something like that, um, you know, you're going to get answers from the ego. You're going to get a lot of them. 
I had one friend who was who had a two. She thought she had to choose between two alternatives in the world, and they were kind of like big big alternatives in the world. And she was caught up in it for weeks with the pros and cons. When the spirit is just so easy, and that's you know all that is is lack of trust. Because with the spirit, it's just so easy. It's just so easeful. If there's no if there's no decision between the two alternatives right now, if there's no decision, then it's not necessary for me to entertain the options. There's no nece- there's no necessity for that. The, the decision just, it just, it's there when it needs to be there. And there seems to be some kind of dilemma. That's a teaching learning opportunity again. It's, a, it's an opportunity to demonstrate to your mind that there is no dilemma. Whatever you're perceiving, there being two things that are different on the surface, it's just distracting you from recognizing that you're making up differences. As if you can go someplace and it'll be different from this other place. It's not like that. There is no place. We're just projecting. We're just projecting the world. But, you know, it's not like it's a bad thing and I would discourage you from asking for guidance on what to do. If that's what it is that you can perceive, okay, I need guidance. I don't know what to do here. I need guidance. At least you're asking for something, right? And whatever you're, whatever you're asking, it's going to be given to you. The spirit, remember, knows your heart. So it's like you're building up all these gifts just in your asking, How do I get this? How do I get more money? How do I get this? How do I get this? It's like you're building up all these gifts just in asking like that. Because because your heart is known. And then as soon as that question is changing to let me see. Let me see if there's no dilemma here, for instance. I can't even help which one I apparently choose. How can there be any dilemma? We just make these things up. Like, oh, this is whatever choice I make out of one of these big choices, one of them's really going to change my life. <laughs> and they're, and they're going to be different. That's the thing. They're not different. There's no difference. So... You know, eventually we're going to see it's all the same. Any, any choices that we seem to make on the surface, they're all the same. They don't mean anything. It's only the choice between love and fear that means anything. And when the, when the choice is for fear, it doesn't really mean anything either, you could say, because it's like your mind is blank. I mean... It means you're having some perceptions in time. You're, having, you're projecting more perceptions in time, you can say. But the only thing real is love. So whatever we're perceiving here that seems like it's, a, it's, it's making fear real, it has to be anti-love. So it has to be a falsehood. It must be.
Can you imagine going through life and you just feel like everyone is loving you up? Like they're all conspiring to show you how wonderful you are. They're all conspiring to help you resolve the guilty concept in your mind. None of them are capable of harming you in any way. You know, we used to have secrets in our house when I was growing up. My parents would say, don't ever tell this to other people that we do this particular thing because if they find out that about us, they're going to think we're really weird or something like that. So as a parent, I start getting the perception that I don't want people to find stuff out that we're doing. And instead of saying something like that to my kid, um, what I did was just get that feeling. What is that feeling that I don't want people to know? And just, like, and just have that feeling and go, wow, I don't want to put that on them. I don't want to put that on. I don't want to pass that down to my kid that being afraid of what someone might think of you for whatever it is, being whatever way you are. There's this sense like other people can judge us. You know, what I shared before is judgment is impossible. That's the thing. We're not able to judge. We could dream that we're judging and hurt our own mind. That's why when I get the perception that someone's judging me and I feel upset about it, I know my feeling of upset really isn't justified because that really isn't about me. It's not to try to convince them that it's not about me. But just knowing that it's not about me, it allows compassion for that person. And then whatever judgment it is to be healed. It actually gives them a gift too. It's like an offering. But love, love gets extended. That's how we gift each other. It's like love gets extended. You've probably heard that one. Uh, my job isn't to teach you. It's to love you. Love will teach you. And that's what it all comes down to. I mean, even for yourself, and that is really when it's other people, it's when it's showing up in other people with this lack of love for other people or not liking or hoping you don't see them or something like that of other people. It's reflecting as something you hold for yourself. And it'll release when you're, you're just watching it like that and just watching it. Oh, I'm holding this for myself. I just stop myself no matter how bad I want to tell someone. You know, if you, uh, if you want to talk to me, you have to talk nicer to me or something like that. It's like, as soon as that comes up, I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I even afraid of? I just like let them, and I feel excited about it. I just let them be in whatever way they are. And it's just kind of like, ah. 
not in a hurry for them to calm down. And it's like, sure, you know, for a lot of people, that's not a possibility and boundaries have to come up, but it's still just watching. And those boundaries, like I said, they're automatic. It's like when you're listening to the spirit, there's no right or wrong about anything. You don't need a reason. You say, no, I'm not doing that. And it's not like rebelling against the people. You're grateful for the people who are asking you or the person or whatever who's saying you should be doing this or whatever. No, I'm not going to do that. Thank you for asking. And you're glad they asked. You know, of course, the miracles talks about if someone asks you to do th- something and you think it's a, it's an insane um, proposition, you should do it just because of that. You know, as long as it's not like a hurtful or terribly uncomfortable or something like that, it's like just stupid. That's stupid. Just to show that none of it really means anything. And, you know, what you're demonstrating, too, is your own mind. So you don't have to show it as in show it to other people. I mean, their perceptions are automatically going to pick up on it anyways. But you don't have to think in those terms like you have to show it to anyone. So it's really just the thinking in the terms of what you're going to do. Because you don't have to. You don't do anything. But when you think in those terms, and it's as if you have something that you have to do, you automatically make it so you're going to do things in your perception that you don't approve of. When you're listening for guidance, And the doing is coming out of inspiration. You're automatically, it just goes like that. So if you're, if you're, uh, if your doing is coming out of a feeling of obligation or something like that, you're going to have the perception that you didn't do it well enough. It's just going to do that. It's going to show you as if you didn't live up to your expectations. But when you're going on inspiration, it's like you can't get it wrong. And if you think you did, it's okay. Right now, just acknowledge that you're dreaming that you got it wrong. You didn't get it wrong. You never did. You weren't capable of it. It's just the refusal to follow your guidance gave you the perception that you got it wrong. You didn't really get it wrong. It was just not following your guidance. Brings up a guilty feeling and it's as if you made the wrong decision, you followed the wrong path, you didn't. (laughs) It was right the whole time. (laughs) I mean, it goes to different, it goes to a different timeline depending on what choice you made, love or fear. It goes to different timelines, yes. 
but that timeline is always so perfect for you. Because you couldn't have uh, you, you couldn't have made that apparent choice in the world unless you needed it. See? Couldn't have the have that perception of going that route. And I see people caught up in that all the time like, "Oh, if I only would have done that at that point in time, I would be here at this point in time." For instance, someone told me when I was like 18 years old to buy stock in Dell Computer, and I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. You can use anything. That's the thing. You can use anything to, show, to, to see, oh, yeah, that's just funny. It just doesn't, it's, it's nonsensical. And the more life experience you accumulate, the more of those th- different things can pop up. And your ego can use them to crop up. And it's as if you made a mistake. You didn't do it right. What if you would have done this with your child when they were young? Then they would be here at this time. You know, it's just like not true. The nature of, of a dream is that the timeline isn't the reality. It's a projection from the moment. So it's a projection unfolding. That means none of these causes and effects that we set up in the world are actually true. The mind is like a, you, you could say the journey that you're on is in the mind through these various thought streams. It's like we'll get on these various thought streams and kind of cruise on these various thoughts, thought streams. And it's like our minds will be making projections together but there's no place we're making it all up we're just making it so that we can have a perception of this place and these relationships and these bodies so that we can heal the sense of separation that's beneath it all we don't give it another purpose it won't seem to have another purpose for us when we give them another give the world another purpose we give it our own purpose you know uh, it's like making up our own death over and over again. It's just projecting these lifetimes. So any of these apparent purposes that we have for it, just approach them with playfulness. Approach all these apparent purposes, whatever it seems to be in the world. So, you know, approach it with playfulness. You know, I had fun with that. Like when I went on my whole thing with the, uh, uh, activism just played just had so much fun with it because I knew it wasn't real it's like ah show me so like to give you a for instance of that one Alianu it's like um, you know I, I'm feeling like this sense like I'm being called towards something and I don't know. I'm like in a complete not know and just be like still with it. And I, I know that it's going to, whatever way it goes, it's going to be perfect, but I don't have a say in it. So in that way, I'm not suffering over it. See, so it's going to go how it's going to go, but then I'm not going to be suffering over it. I'm not going to make myself into something that um, can choose between alternatives in the world because then you can make the wrong choice. 
And that makes more suffering, not just for myself, but it's a projection of suffering that people easily seem to bite onto. So it changes the whole thing around where it's like you're just allowing this uh, expression to be whatever it is, but you're not judging it for whatever it seems to be. So then you don't need any, um, you don't need any guidance between the two things in the world. And sometimes it feels appropriate to ask. That's not a problem either. It kind of sets your mind right and you just open up for some guidance. Instead of relying on your own, like something outside of what you determined about that situation. Just to give you a sense. And when you get that sense and you know the decision is clear, it's just done for you. It's not difficult. It's not strenuous it's exciting and anything that you find yourself doing can be like that but there has to be permission that you don't have to do anything that's uncomfortable for you you don't have to push through it You can, and it's not good or bad if you do or don't. It's just that you know that you're the only one who makes the decision whether you have to. You decide that. That's the difference between making the world real. It's fun to watch the reflections whenever you're feeling guilty about whatever you seem to have, you know, you seem to have done or didn't do or didn't get to or didn't show up at or uh, or whatever to watch the the reflections because you might have people come asking you, hey, did you do that thing? And you automatically get a feeling like, and, you know, I, I see it, I, uh, you know, a lot of people will just the way they'll talk, their whole tone and inflection will change. They'll be like, did you do that thing? No, I didn't. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, no, I didn't. It means something completely different. It's the same words. But we don't communicate really with words. We communicate with energy. And we're always teaching and learning who we are, who we think we are, and what the other person means to us. So it's kind of like saying, like, ah, oh, no, 
It's kind of like saying, I'm guilty and so are you. Like, no, that didn't. It, like, that thing didn't occur. No one did it. One of my friends, I was going to meet up with one of my friends at 1 o'clock or something like that last Saturday. I completely forgot about it. I just completely forgot about it. And my friend, once I talked to my friend on Tuesday, she's like, oh, my God, I'm so, so, so sorry for not showing up on Saturday. And I was like, Saturday? What was Saturday? (laughs) Right? And my friend's like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, uh, I vaguely remember making plans for you with you on Saturday, but somehow that wasn't on my calendar, and I had no idea until right now when you just told me. You just remind me. She's like, oh, my God. Anyways, I felt so bad. <laughs> I, go, I go, well, you know what? That's a pattern. That, there's another one. That's a habit right there. Feeling bad because you think you missed something or you think you messed something up. That is a habit. So, th- so, so things automatically are being made manifest for you so you can play out that habit again and again. So that's the kind of thing where you just get that feeling. You get the feeling. See, And all those other things, they come into play. Like for me, it was perfect. Uh, and, you know, when people don't show up, I don't mind either. I always find something. It's like... I never feel like anyone skipped out on me or anything like that. Like, oh man, I left you, you left me hanging or something. No, it's perfect. It works out perfectly. So from my perspective, I'm just like, don't even know what's going on. And she's like having a really hard couple of days beating herself up because she skipped out on her little date. Right. And it's just a little bit of a different perspective. There's a doership. I'm the one who has to show up at these meetings that I make. And then there's just that natural unfolding. Or the natural unfolding, there's no guilt. There's no guilt projected. And it can only be projected because there isn't any guilt. So it can only be projected. whether you make yourself guilty or the other person guilty, it can only be projected. So it doesn't mean anything. It just makes you feel miserable for a little bit. The guilty perspective is the only thing that makes people feel like they're trapped or uh, abused or the world is too much or they're too much or they're not enough. That's just a guilty perspective that you separated yourself from the world in the first place or you separated yourself from reality in the first place. The real world, the world that you know. but the world that you can't see or conceive of from this perspective. That's why it's given us the practice to see things from a different viewpoint. 
And that's what everything that's coming up, it's all the practice for that, to see it from a different viewpoint. Another interpretation, always a better interpretation, non-worldly interpretation. You know, the ego tries this and goes, oh, it'll be okay. Like when the lava was coming, the ego goes, oh, well, at least the lava left this, 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 and this. You know, that's not... uh, that's not forgiving the world. That's a trying to paint something ugly with something pretty. <laughs> at least they, at least there was this. At least we got to get this out of it. That's what we came here, right? To get something out of it, right? Yeah, to get a healing, to get a, that healing for that guilty concept, not to get some good place to swim. Those are nice too. When they pop up, they pop up. But when you're looking at it and and it alone in a gift in itself because of what it's bringing to you, then you can reap the benefits of of that, having that perception. People trying to make some kind of worldly sense out of all these different things that seem to be happening. Um, You know, I've heard of recently of food shortages. I don't know how far that's gone. I haven't really watched the news or anything, but people are talking about Oh, shelves empty and, uh, and stuff like this. And it's like, hooray. It's exactly what we need. This is what, this is what shows us. This is what we need to reveal to us that the power does come within from within. And, you know, it's shown to us that we do have that power, which is our own sustainability coming from within within, and we're 100% protected. We don't have any preparation to do and if any preparation seems to be coming through us and it's, and it's inspired, that's fine too. Anything that feels joyful for us to learn, inspiring and joyful... I love how it's, it's set up to where it looks like for a lot of people that the system might, co- might collapse. You guys know what a blessing that is? It's like all of what, uh, of what we've been putting our um, faith in, like you could say collective faith if you want, um, what would protect us, keep us safe from one another basically. The whole thing just falls. And then there's so much looking within. There's so much more looking within and looking for what it is that lasts forever. Because it's not a society. And who knows? We might be seeing some crazier and crazier shit. I don't know. My mom's saying someone's going to pop up pretty soon and seem to save everyone. And then he's going to say that he's God in three and a half years. And people are going to believe that he's God and they're going to do this stuff and they're going to... 
get a chip in their right hand or forehead. <laughs> hey, you never know. I never thought that the vaccine thing would go down. Like, this kind of stuff is getting more like, hmm, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But one, thing, one thing's for sure is samsara. You know, and it's, it keeps on going around in a circle. It's not the end of the world. Uh, for, to me, every day we already all have a chip. Yeah. I'll sell yeah. Ship me up. I don't give a Ship me up. Ship me up. I'll take two. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just on the outside of our skin right now. But it's there. We all have it. We take it with us everywhere. We sleep with it. We, it <laughs> we sleep with beach. it. We take it to uh, within our cars. We get panicked if our chip is far away. From <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it when that happens. I use that sense. That's a sense that you can just use. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And losing anything. I love that. Yes. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Something seems to be lost. I get that feeling. I like it. Does it make me lose stuff more? No, it doesn't. I say I don't lose things. I just find things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You, you, and, you know, the thing is, when something is, is evading your sight, you could say, that's all we, always meant to be like that. There's a certain feeling that's coming up with that. That's a healing right there. So it's like, oh, perfect. And it's going to show up in the perfect time. Even is that, yeah, I love what you said about you don't lose things too. Because even just that sense and the word we're giving for it. Uh, the world, the word that we gave them to teach us that we gave our, to ourselves, we're going to lose it. And we never had it in the first place. So uh, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. And, you know, beyond the words of that, you really recognize that when you feel what it feels like to have that sense that you lost something or you can't find something that you think you need. It's great. It's like, ah, thank you. You know, you just don't get caught up in the, oh God, now I got to trudge through this. Now I got to find this thing. Now I got to spend time finding this thing. Maybe I'm in a hurry. Maybe I thought I had somewhere to be. And I can't find my keys. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. I'm not going to show up all, oh, God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Couldn't find my keys. Ah, I raced over here. It's just like all playful, though. It's like, oh, this is perfect. I thought I needed to get out the door right now because I thought I had an appointment right. Like, I need to get to this appointment. And now I don't know where my keys are, so now I have time to get a sense of that. It's like it's such a blessing. It's kind of like hide and go seek. Just get really playful with it. Get really playful with everything. I might say my biggest challenge with that getting playful with everything has been tech support. But you know what, you guys? It's going fucking awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> I had a really big awakening through trying to install Microsoft something like a year ago. And it all, I was, I had all faith in Bill Gates. I was like, Bill Gates, you were my first. You were my first Windows program. <laughs> and I trust you, Bill Gates. I bet you're still on the ball. I bet you got this your shit together. So I get this, I get, I get this whole suite. It's like a whole suite, and I'm in the process of learning it for myself. So then I can transfer it over to my business and get all my employees on it. And man, did that turn out to be a disaster? It ended up being all these hours of technical support, like for three days. We even started going into it. We started, we did the whole transition, all of our stuff. And I was like, okay, let's get into it and get it working. And we started transferring some of our stuff to it. And then I realized this is not going to work at all. I start getting, I start getting specialists. I start hiring specialists. I go, okay, here's what I wanted to do. Show me how it can do this. And I'll show them an example of another software. See how this is doing this right here? I want this one to do this over here. They're like, that, this one doesn't do that. You got to just stick with all those different programs that you have that aren't Microsoft if you want that kind of functionality. I'm like, no shit. So then it takes me like another 18 hours to undo the shit. Boy, did that just like, that was perfect because I saw it coming. I'm like, okay, I don't know how long this is going to go on, but it's going to seem like a complete waste of time. I even wasted some of my employees' time, apparently. It's going to seem like a complete waste of time, complete waste of money, and it's going to be awesome. And, and, and the whole time I'm on the phone with these, like, really smart guys that I'm paying, like, I don't know, something weird, like 100 bucks an hour or something like that. I'm like, on the phone with these people doing it. And it was just such a lovely, um, a, a lovely embrace of the whole thing. I sensed it. I sensed the healing. And ever since then, technical support has been completely different for, for me. Yeah, because I sensed this, like, and I just had no one to blame. Normally, I would find someone to blame. Someone would need to, like, give me my money back. Someone messed it up. And there was no one to blame. And I just was like... Um, playing happily with this, these guys as I'm doing it, as I'm undoing it, as I'm getting training and stuff like that. And it's just, that, this is how you demonstrate to your mind that none of this stuff is meaningless. This is really how you demonstrate it to your mind. So something, something comes up and it's like, oh, oh, this is, this is really, uh, this is really serious. Are you going to, are you going to keep on are you going to keep on doing this kind of thing? Are you going to keep on hiring uh, web developers to get you uh, to get you up and running and keep on, uh, you know, the ego might put it, wasting some money, wasting time, um, spinning wheels. And, you know, it's funny because I felt so excited when I was going into it. I felt so excited about it. I'm not excited because I know it's going to go a certain way. I know that. The excitement is for the healing that's coming through it. So it doesn't really matter to me how it goes. When I get the sense that it does matter to me, that's where I know a healing needs to take place. 
it's the same of all of with all of you guys. It doesn't really matter to you how something goes. It actually doesn't matter. When you get the calling for something and an excitement for it, it doesn't mean it's going to go the way your mind says it could it's supposed to go. It means you're getting a healing and that's what you really want. So you're not getting it wrong. No, you're never getting it wrong. And when you allow that feeling, that inspired feeling to take you on it, you also know that you're not getting it wrong. Whenever you're getting an inspired feeling towards something, the ego is going to show you reasons why you shouldn't do it, why you should be afraid of it. All you have to do there is keep choosing love in, the, in that thought of why you shouldn't do it. Just it, being gentle with it, like thank you, and feeling it. And when you feel something and, it's, and it feels frustrating or stressful or anything like that, it's false about you. It's saying something that's not true about you. So in just recognizing what's not true about you, what is true comes forward it can be revealed to you it's basically these ideas of what's not true about you like i can't afford it i'm too old i uh not a good dancer or whatever um i don't deserve it for whatever reason when you're willing to see that those thoughts are coming from the ego it's just natural that you'll be moved to um, the joyful manifestations, let's say joyful manifestations. And they all are, they all become joyful. So it's like even going through that long, you know, probably like a week on week long process, um, with tech support like that, even going through that. And man, I was so excited about implementing it too. It was funny because I was just like telling people, yeah, I'm going to implement this thing. And it's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm all excited about it. And I know, even when I'm talking about it like that, I know that it's the lessons that I get through it, through it that are important. So I'm open for that. And then um, teaching, demonstrating to my own mind that it doesn't matter to me how it goes, that willingness to play and have fun in the situation. Of, oh God, this sucks. What I saw that might have happened for a person, you know, I had already talked this whole program up. In my mind, I made an imaginary thing that it could do way more than it actually could. Um, it just wasn't capable of it. So funny. And, 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 you know, I built this whole thing up and then I saw, oh my gosh, this is so not going to work. It's not going to have the capability. And it's only going to save this much money every month. Is it worth it? No. And, and be able to call it off. See, for a person, the guilt might be so much. They already, we already spent money on it. We already got this. We already got this. It's like people get stuck on something because of these rules to be stuck on something. When the guidance changes, boom, just move. It's okay to meander. You know, my son in college is doing his second year of college right now. 
And um, he's saying, yeah, I, I don't know. I might just uh, like uh, get out of here and do something like uh, trade school or something like that. You can do something in six months and be something in six months. And, you know, I told him it's okay to meander around like that. You don't have to like follow any um, perfect path, something like that. It's like um, there isn't a perfect way to do it. And the meandering is the perfect, if that's, if that's what's being called. You know, for, for some people, it's like automatically they know, okay, this is what I'm doing my whole life. It just like keeps on going like that. But for the majority of people, and you know, I'm one really good example of that, is like I could just be pulled in, into a different direction really fast, and it's okay with me. For most people, it's not okay with them, though. That's where you start getting the deep, you know, wounding and burnout and feeling like um, people are putting pressure on you to stay in a certain place or a certain position. You know, there's none of these kinds of pressures are real. We're putting these kinds of pressures on ourselves to stay in a certain place because someone might suffer if you leave. It's like you don't have a choice in that. You don't have a choice in whether you're there or not. You have a choice in thinking whether or not you have to. You don't have to think that way. No one needs you. And everyone needs you to be listening to your inner guide. That can be determined by something on the surface. Whenever you listen, you open, up for, you open up for some more guilt to be released from you, which helps everyone. It's the greatest service there is. Just listen to your inner teacher. And accept that guidance as what's true. It's not about what you should and shouldn't do. It's not like that. The guidance from the inner teacher is about releasing guilt. You always, you can always be sure about what you should and shouldn't do. The only thing you can be sure of is what you seem to be doing. That's what you should be doing. If you're not doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. That's how you can be sure of it. That it's in the moment. Definitely, if I find myself here at Wisdom Dialogues, this is where I should be in the moment. Until I find myself not here. That's all. Because that's where all of the uh, that's where all of the guidance that comes in takes place. That's where it all takes place in the present moment, where the mind isn't distracted on something. So it's always releasing stuffs so the mind can get, uh, get the mind can get some clarity and be guided. Hear the guidance and actually follow it. That's another thing. You know, there's also the actually following it. And, you know, the guidance is always guiding you to you are guiltless. That's where it's always going. You are guiltless. That's all it's doing. From that sense of guiltlessness, everything unfolds perfectly for you. Which you can say that it always unfolds perfectly perfectly for you anyways, but you're able to know it. 
because you can use every perception exactly for what it's meant to be used for and you can receive the gift through every perception. <laughs> like this one right here. Hmm? You. Like, so, so, you know, throughout the wisdom dialogue, she's been moving around, bouncing around, having her little bottle and crackling around, seeming like she's probably bored or something like that. Huh? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, if there's any kind of sense of resistance to hearing the crackly sound or um, the seeming distractions or anything like that, if there's any kind of a sense of that, it's just for, um, for that healing in the moment. It's like, like this sense comes up. And every moment the sense comes up, you just allow it to be released. You just allow that any kind of a frustration or anything like that to just be released. Now, if any kind of boundaries need to come up, they will. It's just natural like that. And then, and then I see too, like when I'm sitting here with you guys, you guys can hear me perfectly. There was a big loud ass thing humming back there a little while later. Um, you guys can hear me just perfectly. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time. Yeah. Sorry. I, um, I have to ask uh, what you mean by boundaries in this case. Because you mentioned boundaries guided by spirit very early on in your talk. Uh-huh. And that was really what my earlier question was about. What What is that? What is the... The meaning of that boundary and why is it, does it have any importance or any value, or is it just another, you know, judgment? Well, it's going to naturally arise, whatever. You know, if you're setting a, a boundary, if you pre get the perception of you're setting a, a boundary, that's naturally arising. For my ego? It's just it's just a natural natural occurrence. Let's say it's a natural occurrence, just like any perception you're having. You're having a perception of a natural occurrence. It's like not your choice. So the boundaries are being the boundaries are being set perfectly for the container. Remember what I was talking about is we're always meeting um, exactly what we need to meet. We're always in we're always in relationship exactly exactly as we need to be. So those boundaries are just occurring natural as a natural container for all of these uh, for all these learnings to arise to come through. All these teachings and learnings you don't have to set them yourself. Basically, it's just like any other choice in the world. The boundaries are the same thing. So. It's like when you're allowing yourself to be guided by spirit, you don't have a question about your boundaries. They're just like automatic. That's what they are. You just know it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Is there anything I can help with? Well, I'm just curious. What's the origin of the boundaries? What's that? What's the origin of the boundaries? It's just like anything else. It's just like any other perception that's arising. From it's just a consciousness evolving. So the so the evolution the, the evolution that consciousness is going through 
uh, is always coming in perfectly for the learning. So when people find themselves, for instance, where they can't put boundaries up, they feel like they can't put boundaries up. They're like, I have bad, uh, a bad way with boundaries or something like that. And they, they're getting that perception. That's from the sense that they have to manage their own boundaries. Like they're the ones in charge of their own boundaries. So what I'm saying is that the boundaries are just evolving. It's like you know it's a boundary. It's like boom. And it's spoken through you. It's like boom. There it is. That's it. And, and, it, doesn't, um, and it doesn't take some kind of a explanation from you, an effort from you, or anything like that. It's just automatically... And, you know, the reason I speak to that is because people are concerned that if they're, if they're just allowing everyone to be as they are, that their boundaries are going to be getting crossed, right? If they're just allowing everyone to be as they are. So the reason why I speak to that is that you'll see the boundaries will just come through just naturally. They'll evolve and you just know this is the boundary. You just know that. And it's just automatically spoken through you, too. Yeah, I don't experience that. Tell me about it. Well, my, in, in, in my case, you know, uh, through my practice, I, I welcome the fact that my boundaries are have some flexibility. Because mm-hmm. my practice is to constantly, you know, I mean, if, if I'm basing my boundaries on, on, my, on the needs of my ego, they're over here. Uh-huh. If I'm letting spirit in, you know, there is much more room, and the boundaries are maybe over here or over here. Sure. So that's that's the practice is to constantly breathe into those boundaries and let them let them expand. Sure. Yeah. That that's true too. So I mean, I the, play a role in my own in, in my own boundaries. So there's a there. So there's a sense that the boundaries can change, and yeah, I. Totally. I mean, the the boundaries that the spirits are, that that the spirit shows you in the moment is just like it's that for that moment. It's not like it can't change into something else. And that's the thing about detaching from these kinds of things. It's exactly what you're talking about. There seems to be a boundary there. It's honored, and then and then it starts to expand. And then it's like and and I experience the same thing in my own in, in my own perception. You know. Um, they're not set in stone, but it's obvious what it is in this moment. That's just, that's the thing. It's like, it's obvious, like what it is in this moment. It doesn't mean like that's how it is for the next five minutes or five years or 10 years or anything like that. But it's just like really obvious what it is. And then it's like automatically spoken to. And it, you know, that's, that just comes from allowing that, that to be what it is. I allowing myself to say no to something. You know, if you're allowing yourself to say no, you might find yourself saying no. And five minutes later, you go, oh, you know what? That actually felt really good saying no. Now it's a yes. And that's the thing about the spirit's guidance. It changes all the time. And it's not for any. The thing is, too, it's not for anything in particular. It just goes along with joy. It is, you know, it's just like whatever it is that's joyful in that moment. And it can shift all the time. We're not like closing the door on it and saying, okay, this is uh, the definite boundary and we're not moving from here. It's just like in the, in the moment, you're, you know, you're like, wow, that's a boundary. And you're just aware of it. It's not like, uh, okay, 
Now we're going to write it down that the spirit made that a boundary and that's going to be the boundary all the time. We're always going to have room for it to shift and move. Otherwise, we're going back into not listening. That's basically listening to the ego again. So thank you for um, pressing into that um, and showing that, you know, it is very flexible. Everything, every, everything that you could say is, uh, is guided by the spirit is completely momentarily, momentarily. It doesn't, it doesn't extend in time because with spirit's guidance, it's not time based at all. It's the listening and the willingness to follow, uh, what the guidance is and basically that's joy right so it's like oh uh is it do i feel like going to the beach today or do i feel like going to the river there might be like a list of all these different pros and cons and stuff and then there and then you know there's just one that's like a hit for you and then you're in the car and then all of a sudden it's like no it's the other one is that it's like that because all of these di different things, and you don't know how it's going to go or how it's going to look or where you're going to drive or who you're going to meet, but all these different things, they need to come together. So it's not to, you're not getting the, the Spirit's guidance as a means for an end in the world. You're getting the Spirit's guidance for awakening the mind. And in one moment, that may be a boundary. And you'll know immediately that it is. It's just like, it, it's just obvious to you. And then the ego always tries to come in and put everything in time. They'll say, remember you had that boundary. Now they're crossing the boundary. I've had the experience where like there's a boundary and then, oh, they're crossing the boundary. And it's like, actually, I don't mind. So really momentarily, because when we get caught up in the time thing, then it's like, okay, then it has to be this. And stay like this. Which almost seems like you separate from yourself there. Yeah. You put yourself in time. That's the thing. There is no time. The Spirit's guidance is right now only. You know, sometimes people get all romantic and say, Oh, yeah, I had a dream about you, and the Spirit told me that you're um, the one for me, so I'm going to hang on to you uh, forever. And, you know, it's like that was just a momentary thing. It wasn't meant to be in time. It's like right now you're a blessing. Not because something that you did before you built up blessings or something that you're going to do later, just like right now. And that's the thing that's the thing that people's minds get caught up on too is like uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of what people hear is heard in time. And you know, what I'm speaking is about the moment just right now, not out of time, not not in a time sense. So it sounds like sometimes it sounds like to people, wow, that's so dangerous. 
to be that forgiving and loving, but it's only right now. It's only dangerous in time. One, one friend goes, well, what do you do about when people are abusing people? What about like if, if you, you're aware of some people abusing you or some people abusing other people, like say they're abusing kids or animals or somewhere around, around there, what do you do about it? And it's like, I always know what I need to do in the moment. I always know what I need to do. But it's, it's not about that. And, you know, I, I know I find out what I need to do because I'm doing it or I find myself in the process of doing it, like preparing to do it. That's how I know. And that could change. See, that's a, that's the thing. We have to be awake to the change because it may be that you're getting geared up to do one thing and you get so set on that one thing that you're so tunnel vision on that that you're not listening to your guidance now and it changes. So just because you got guidance, you know, and, and, uh, and you felt like you were guided towards some certain thing and you start moving toward that, once that changes, be ready to move because there's no time. Be ready to drop it. Be ready to change direction. And, that, and, and you know, that really, that makes it fun because all that we can conceive is nonsense and all it does is just lead to death while projecting more lifetimes where there could be dying again and again. So isn't it, isn't it so much more fun to just be like right there in the moment with whatever it is? Maybe it's boundary, maybe it's, a, maybe it's no, maybe it's yes, maybe it's, oh, I'm going to go help those people. Who knows? Maybe it's dialing 911. You know, there's no, there's no saying what it is. Everyone's going to get whatever uh, apparent help they need from you in the moment. And, you know, people are also afraid that if you're living from your joy and you're only doing things that are fun and things that are playful for you, people are afraid that you're not going to ever get anything done that's worthwhile. And I'm telling you that your joy is the only thing that's worthwhile. All those other things will get done. As much as the, in as much as they actually need to, because because when when you're when you're happy and when you're enjoying yourself and when you're extending love, that's when you're extending love. When you're enjoying yourself, when you're extending love, then everything is everything that seems to be a problem is being met with its solution. That's just how it goes. The more fun you allow yourself to have, the more fun you will have. And when you're not having fun, it's only because you're mistaken about yourself. And there's a real strong, you know, sense that you should sometimes not be having fun. I mean, like even, you know, one of my favorite yoga teachers, um, he's like, oh, I hate yoga. And I'm like, going, what the heck? He's making that shit up for one thing. He obviously loves yoga. Um, but just the sense, I can't have fun while I'm doing something like why not why not uh, why not why can't you have fun you know that's what is fun about it uh, that's what is fun it's playful it's playful to like put yourself you know to me it's playful to put yourself in a shape and see if you can get in that shape and feel what it feels like in that shape and then once you're done with that shape and ah oh, that felt really good and then get into another shape 
right? It's playful. And then you might fall out of the shape, or maybe you can't get into that shape. Or maybe you're like, fuck this, I'm turning this thing off and rolling up my mat. It's just all fun. <laughs> but we think that we have to like take something seriously and then they, or some people, we think we have to take some people seriously. I found myself writing a text this morning and you know, sometimes I'll just like write out, like right at the, at the tip of my mind, just like write it out. And I'm pretty good at not sending that. <laughs> and I'm writing a text and, um, and in the text I'm talking about how this person can, uh, if, it, if this person stops acting this way, then maybe I would like to do business with them. And I felt that. I'm like, no, that's not it. Select it all, delete it. And then I write something else. Well, no. And, I, and I'm on this thing for like, I don't know, maybe like 45 minutes. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm learning the whole time. I don't, I don't care. Like there's, I'm drawn to it. I'm relating with this person by never sending a text to them until it's fucking, is, until it feels really good to me to send it. And I know it's going to be uplifting. And I'm just like playing with it. I was like, okay, now it's this. Now, and I'm watching it ease up. I'm just watching it ease up. Basically, I'm just watching myself ease up on myself. And it's like, you know, I go, why are you even paying attention to this? This thing is so petty, you could just fucking ignore this person. And it's like, actually, I can't, because this is what I find myself in. This is what I find myself drawn to. So that's not true. It's not true. And so it's like, I just let myself be excited about whatever it is that I'm learning. Let myself be excited about it. See, it's not like it has to go a certain way, you guys. It's not like it has to look at like some perfect uh, cherry way. It's just that there's excitement in the fact that it's giving me exactly what I need. I never wait. I I never waste time. That when when I'm looking at things like that, I'm never wasting time. I can only get the perception that I'm wasting time, and that's from following illusions. That's from making illusions true. A friend was sharing with me that uh, she will, whoo, I went way over. She will keep sacrifice. She wants to keep sacrifice. You know why? Because that's how she feels like she's loving another person. She's going to keep sacrifice. So then when she finds herself in a situation where she feels like she sacrificed for the person and the person is, is pretty much dissing her as a friend, she gets this pattern where she feels really confused and not knowing why the friend is being mean when she sacrificed all this stuff. You see how the stories go? There is no sacrifice in love. Your inner guide will show you that there's no sacrifice in love. 
And when you find yourself in a situation and it seems like you're sacrificing for another person and you're willing to get that, you'll feel so blessed to know that you're without sacrifice. The person can go out of your experience, tell you they don't want to be a friend anymore, anything like that. You didn't lose anything. You didn't waste any time. You know you didn't waste any time because you didn't sacrifice anything. That's what listening to your inner guide will give you. It'll give you this sense like whatever you're doing is perfect. Whatever boundaries you set, those are perfect. Whatever you don't do or seems to not get done, that's also perfect too. Oh, you didn't do this today. Nope. I thought I was going to go to the mail, and then I didn't go to the mail. It's not like, oh, God, why do I keep on? That's the habit. If you get that, good. If you see that, good. If you see yourself going, oh, God, why? That's what the habit is. So, let it unfold naturally. Listen to your guide. Guide speaks in terms of love and fear, joy and pain, kindness and unkindness. Follow the thread of guiltlessness until you see your true face in everyone. And there's no longer this thread of separation that says, I can harm you or you can harm me. Let it be okay if anyone doesn't like the way you... um, Express. You know you taught them that? You know you taught them to not like the way you express? You taught them that. Just for fun. Just for play. Thank you for letting me know. You know what? I hate it when I hear your voice. It's so annoying. Thank you for letting me know. I hate it when you say spiritual stuff and then you say the F word. Thank you for letting me know. It does not mean that anything needs to change, does it? You can feel. You feel with people. Whenever someone comes up and tells something to you, you're feeling with them. And when you forgive what you made of them, when you forgive them for what you made of them, then that's how healing happens. That's how you demonstrate to your own mind that this world is completely full of meaningless content and all that means anything is love. So everyone can be exactly as they are, beginning with yourself. It always begins with yourself. You can be exactly as you are. Don't get defensive about it, though. Because as soon as you're defensive, and you know what? 
even don't get defensive isn't the right way to say it. As soon as you're defensive, watch what's going on there. Your defensiveness is making this perceived deficiency about yourself true. As soon as you move to defend yourself, you've counted yourself guilty. Just watch. And then you'll, you'll stop defending yourself automatically. And it'll just be going to, thank you for letting me know. Okay? Thank you, everyone. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. If anyone has a question, let me know. Otherwise, hooray. <laughs> Yay.